Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Zap. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dong. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. We are live somewhere. Are we? Are we? Yeah, we are. Man, I guess we're live right now. Probably on Fightful Pro Wrestling Stream. <laughs> Now, just so people know, this is not a error that we could have prevented today. I don't think this is a YouTube wirecast yeah, handshake, handshake error. Going on. I don't know what's going on, uh, but I've got to update this link. So why don't you just talk for me, Jimmy? Why don't you tap your little soundboard and just pretend I'm there? What's up, you guys? I should I should put the whole Sean Ross app, managing editor, Fightful.com, listen your boy number whatever the hell this is. I think it's number 119? Yeah. It's number 119? 119. Allegedly, that's the rumor. Yeah, 119, okay. So the first thing on my list this week, which is kind of ironic, given that we're currently having an issue with YouTube and Wirecast not shaking hands, apparently. First thing on my list was I was going to apologize for the technical train wreck that was last week, and it's a situation where Nigel actually said off the air, and Nigel's like, I'm going to apologize. I said, you're not apologizing. It's your fault. It's a new setup. It's way more sophisticated than it used to be. Uh, Nigel is learning this setup on the fly, uh, and he's still doing his, his full-time day job in addition. And so he spread a little bit thin. So I don't, uh, I don't blame uh, Nigel for this. But uh, learning process, be patient with us. It's going to be glorious when it all is just flowing naturally. That's all I got to say about that. My hair? Just like it. <laughs> just like it. Yeah. And I have to say, look at Sean Ross Sapp's new background. Look how beautiful that is. He fought me tooth and nail on that. Did not fight you tooth and nail. Fought me tooth and nail on that. You said, and I quote, we'll, we'll tell the story. Have a contractor come and look at things. The I did. The contractor said, holy shit, your house is unlevel. I said, yeah, I know. He said, you can't put a wall in front of that heater. You can't put a banner in front of that heater. I said, all right. So I moved my room around. 
to the one place we could do it. And now this is up here, but I have to get very creative with keeping it up. Now I am blinded on a daily basis. I'm sorry, you're like, I kind of, I kind of am too. There's something, there's some, I'm not, I'm trying not to curse on the air. There's some fudgery afoot. And I called out people in the group chat about it. My wife comes up to me this week playing amateur optometrist. What color are your eyes, Sean? I said, why would you ask me something like that after 11 years? Why would you ask me? She goes, I can't tell you. And I said, well, that means one thing. That means some assholes in Toronto have something planned. She wouldn't tell me. Maybe she just wanted to know because she realized yeah, it's been 11 years it. and didn't know your eye color. I doubt it. Either she's doing a BuzzFeed quiz or some fuckery is afoot. Well, we're going to move on. So uh, Sean Rossap told me that I have been credentialed for StarCast 2. Oh, boy. He told me this. Uh, and so I may or may not go to Vegas next month for, uh, for StarCast. I may or may not. Fickle. What's that? Fickle. Maybe I'm fickle. Maybe I am. I don't know. Speaking of StarCast, speaking of it, uh, a couple of things that I wanted to bring up to start off. So first and foremost, Conrad Thompson did an interview with Sports Illustrated. He said that Undertaker and Kurt Angle have both been pulled from StarCast by WWE. He claimed that uh, they signed new contracts and uh, WWE is exercising their right to withhold talent from outside events, which goes back to the whole independent contractor thing, Sean. Um, what do you think of all that, man? To me, this isn't a surprise because he uh, Taker already pulled Q&As. And so uh, it wasn't a surprise that this was going to happen. I still think WWE is being very petty and stupid. To me, it did not really. It wasn't a big deal that Taker was doing Starcast. To me, it just wasn't. And I think that they have given Starcast that much more online publicity by making a big issue of it the way they have. My opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if the guy's got a contract and they can ask him to not do it, then okay. And I, I don't know the the deal with Starcast as far as putting pen to paper there. I've heard that in that article, rather, it was said that the Undertaker returned his deposit, but that that is the life of independent contractors. I mean that that is the case, and if they don't have a contract, they're free to do that. I know that Conrad wants to get Shawn Michaels. He got Kenta Kobashi today. He's I, I think it was more of a promotional ploy for him to say, well, how about uh, Vince Shane or Vince Stephanie or Triple H come in and we donate to Connor's Cure. That was, I think, more of a marketing ploy than, than anything. Because you know no, none of those three are going to show up there. How do you like the nice uh, pixelated back of my chair that's going like this whenever we're on this shot? That was, that was the battle I, I always I, had when I did green screen. I uh, keep really? wanting to mess around with it. But. Yeah. Oh, we got lots of time to figure it out. Oh, Nigel's on the screen. Hey, bud. How you doing? There you go. So uh, one more thing about Starcast. You already mentioned Kenta, Kenta Kobashi, and, and you told me off the air, Sean, that's the big announcement. That, that yeah. they, they had, this is the announcement that this is the announcement that Dave Meltzer said was going to knock your socks off. Yeah, he, but he also said that the people who don't care just won't care, but the people who do would really care. And he is 
one of the all-time greats. All right, and uh, and they're also going to do a thing with Bret Hart and Tom McGee where they're going to discuss their infamous match. I really don't think most people give a shit about that. Yeah, there is a pocket of hardcore fans that might think is interesting. I think the masses don't care, and I think most of them don't know who Tom McGee is. I don't know if they need to drag in the masses. They need to sell some gold bracelets at their... And that's, and that's exactly what it is. They're, they're probably like, oh, hey, here's something else to try to get you to buy that gold bracelet. So, good for them. Um, now, I don't know if you've confirmed this next one, because Sean Rossap is a professional. Uh, and he likes to do things the professional way, so he likes to he likes to confirm with multiple sources. So maybe you haven't confirmed this yet, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you: What'd you hear about Daniel Bryan? Heard, heard. That's why I said, yeah, heard. He had a concussion. I was discussing this with um, uh, Ted uh, Ted Gruber, a friend of ours. Uh, he had heard he had heard that. Well, he had heard it. Then I asked one person was able to get someone to say, yeah, that might be it, but not a, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I have not been able to get multiple people to confirm this. Uh, In fact, there has been such little chatter about Daniel Bryan backstage that it's a little suspicious to me personally. But, I mean, I've had one person that said maybe he's just taking time off and cited the fact that he worked so many dates because it is 130, 140 dates he worked. He wrestled 115 matches his first year back. But Right, and he wanted uh, to do like 70, right? 70 or 80. Yeah, it's very, very quiet right now. I cannot confirm a concussion for Daniel Bryan, but that would be worst case. Yeah, and for he's the last guy that you want to be dealing with a concussion. The last guy. Yeah. So it's, it could be potentially bad news, and it wouldn't surprise me if WWE won't clear him if that's uh, the case. He could be back where he was two years ago. Yeah, so. very well could be. Unfortunate. Uh, all right. I want to talk about the Superstar Shake-Up week number two. Yeah. Uh, because this was such nonsense. I heard conflicting stories, so I want you to confirm or deny. So I heard, first I heard it was a Fox thing, especially with Andrade. Then I heard it was a keeping couples together thing because Charlotte and Andrade are in a serious relationship. What have you heard is the reason that they decided in week number two, uh, we are only kidding. We're not moving these guys over here. We're moving them back over here. What'd you hear about that? Well, from what I was told and what I understand, it's both, but it's not Charlotte. It's Fox wanted Andrade and Zelina over there, and in an effort to keep married couples together, they moved Alistair over because Alistair and Zelina are married. Uh, now, why they couldn't have waited until October to do that, I, that beats the hell out of me. You can move them week two of the shakeup. Why can't you meet or move them in October? I also heard that Triple H had encouraged the idea of splitting up Alistair and Ricochet, that he wasn't a big fan of them being brought up so hastily. And put together anyway. So all this stuff we're hearing online about, oh, Charlotte used her stroke because they're allegedly engaged, which maybe they're not. You've heard that's all bullshit, and it was more Fox wanting a Hispanic star than it was Charlotte wanting her boyfriend. I don't know if it means that Fox wanted a Hispanic star, but I have not heard anything about it being Charlotte outside of online chatter. Okay. Uh, Let's say that it was Fox. Let's say. And it doesn't matter if it's Fox or not, Sean. They had so much time to get this right. We've known for how long, two, three months, that they're going to be doing the Superstar Shake-Up on those two days in April after WrestleMania. They had so much time to get it right. To me, it is unfathomable that they had to, a week later, shift a bunch of things around because they decided, you know, another rash decision by this man. Uh, psych, I actually want the guys back over here. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Don't you think, Sean, 
that if you are the CEO of a content creator that just signed a five-year contract for $1.025 billion, that you might want to go to that network, give them a little heads up, tell them this is who I'm thinking about putting on your show that'll be there come October. Don't you think it might make sense that you might want to give your broadcast partner a heads up in that situation? Well, yeah. And then maybe not week after you say on TV, oh, we'll know where everybody is by Tuesday night. And then the next week you move 10 people. Right. 10 people? Right. Yep. And can't, can't even have the common courtesy to your viewers to say, we orchestrated a trade. We did something. Raw wanted a, a secondary, or not even a secondary. Raw wanted another champion on the brand so bad that they threw the farm at SmackDown. But mm. then again, you would have to actually imply that somebody was in control of Raw or SmackDown instead of the collective Vince McMahon family or, that eliminates the idea of competition in that regard whatsoever. This was a trash fire. Yes, yes. and yeah, uh, It went about as smoothly as our show last week. <laughs> and the, uh, the explanation that Andrade wanted the Intercontinental Championship to me, that is so silly. So, so basically, what that means is, I'm trying to think of a SmackDown star. They, they did uh, that on Raw too. They did but, that with Samoa Joe. He said, "I do what I want, and I want the WWE title." And I'm like, "Huh?" Right. Right. <laughs> do that, mate. So basically, after Money in the Bank, if Elias decides I want the Universal Championship, he's just going to show up on Raw, basically. Yeah. It's so silly. I, I feel like I have been a broken record on this topic, uh, but I have to talk about it one more time. I'd love to know how certain WWE executives like uh, George Barrios, uh, Michelle Wilson, Triple H, I would like to know how they feel about the company's future five years down the road when the chairman is 74 years old and he has a reputation for making rash decisions, changes his mind, forgets, doesn't th do things that you should be doing like giving your broadcast partner that's giving you a billion dollars over five years a heads up. I'd like to know what they think, because sure, they're sitting pretty right now. They're profitable, and they're going to become even more profitable. And I'm sure yesterday. Yeah, and maybe George Barrios doesn't care because he sold so much stock already, and, and he's a multimillionaire. Maybe he doesn't give a shit. If I'm Triple H, who's going to get the keys to the kingdom, five years from now, who knows where they're going to be, Sean, when that, when that contract runs out. I did a little math-ski, Sean. And uh, when, when the deal was signed last May, right, when the Fox deal was signed last May, SmackDown was averaging about 2.3 million viewers, all right? The Superstar, yeah. Superstar Shake-Up episode last year did 2.8 million viewers, okay, last year. SmackDown now is averaging 100,000 viewers a week less than it was then. And this week's uh, shakeup episode, or I should say last week's, because uh, that was supposed to be the real shakeup episode. Last week's shakeup episode did 2.219 million viewers, a little less than 600,000 viewers less than last year. There is no way to put a positive spin on any of that. None. Uh, Fox has got to be concerned. Vincent Mann, because he's uh, out to lunch, going to spend $500 million on the XFL and, you know, decides kind of on a whim what, what he's going to do with things. He's probably not thinking about it. I bet you Hunter's thinking about it, Sean. I bet you he is. Yeah, probably. And he's probably pretty frustrated that Vincent Mann is wrecking the table for him as well. Like, yeah. This, this, by all indications, will be he and Stephanie in control of things but yeah oh man like they they make things so difficult now there are some things that i'm optimistic about money in the bank looks like a good show but it's a matter of the creative as we get there 
There's so much holding pattern horse shit on these shows right. and laziness on these shows. Yes. That yes. That's, that's got to stop. The superstar shakeup stuff, that's lazy. Cesaro being split and moved to Raw without any explanation, that was lazy. Especially, especially when you can get, you can come up with a creative way to explain it that makes your show more interesting, too. Yeah, and, and you know, it's kind of funny with Cesaro. So Cesaro's got the bar's music. So what does that say about Sheamus' future? I know that he's injured as well. What does it say about him? And, you know, I always look at little things, Sean, to kind of give me an indication of what the company thinks of a certain talent. And when I look at Cesaro, and it's a little thing, he didn't have any entrance gear when he came out on Raw. He just strolled on out there in his, in his trunks, and I saw that, and I thought to myself, that's not good. He's going to be putting guys over in three weeks, you know? Yeah, so, that's not good. No, it is what it is. Um, kind of brings me to my next topic, and this is something we've touched upon before, uh, and I want to talk about it in depth now. Enhancement matches. Yeah. I, think, I think WWE needs to bring back weekly enhancement matches. Uh, and I keep on looking at Ryback as an example. When Ryback first came in, he was going over local guys every week. Then they gave him the title match with CM Punk on a pay-per-view, and he popped the buy rate because people were invested. They were interested. This guy's undefeated, right? When What's he, that? When he ran in and saved Vince McMahon in Sacramento, and the crowd went so crazy that friggin' camera shook. Yes. And not, not manually like they do today. Like the Go back yeah, and watch that guy. The hard cam like shook. It was it was awesome. Yeah, and 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 the reason that I'm bringing this up this week is because when the superstar shakeup happened this week, with the exception of Roman Reigns and possibly AJ Styles, this felt like the most insignificant superstar shakeup that they've ever done. And it's because everybody on the roster that that moved brands, especially again with the exception of Roman Reigns and maybe AJ Styles, they're all essentially mid card guys. They all essentially win some, lose some. Uh, and so I think they need to actually take a chance. They need to put some, some power behind some guys, elevate them. They're afraid to put them over other established guys. Fine. That's when you get enhancement guys. Give guys enhancement matches. Let them work enhancement matches for a while. Build them up. Then you put them up against, against other established wrestlers after that. Sometimes, That's what I think they should do. Sometimes you find diamonds in the rough, even in the short term. James Ellsworth, we aren't going to say that about him today, but for a while they got some use out of him. Leva Bates, they got some use out of her for a while as as after she worked as an enhancement talent. Sometimes you can uh, find some winners in that regard. The Hardy Boys were enhancement wrestlers right. for a long time, so you can make that work and, and really do it. I don't think it should be the same thing every single week where Nia Jax is out there every single week doing it or Braun's out there every single week doing it, but... I do think it can be implemented. I think they should. And if you think back to the 80s and early 90s, WWE had a crop of kind of high-profile enhancement wrestlers, right? They were guys that were on TV every week, so people knew them, and they knew who they were. They would get in a little offense. Maybe they'd get in a body slam or a clothesline or something, but they were there to make their opponent look good. Guys like Barry Horowitz and Iron Mike Sharp and Mario Mancini and Salvatore Belomo and Leaping Lanny Poffo and Steve Lombardi, why not have a crop of guys that do that? Now, of course, i got to ask you, do you think in this era there's wrestlers that would be okay with that spot because we're kind of in yeah. a more entitled era? Yeah, you think they'd be okay with that? Yeah, of course. I mean, Tyler Breeze rallies for uh, – he mentioned uh, his bank account and stuff when people said, oh, you should leave, you should leave. 
Kurt Hawkins legitimately made a losing streak gimmick work, and sometimes it can lead to better things. For Kurt Hawkins, it did. For Barry Horowitz, it did. For the Brooklyn Brawler, it did. Do you think No Way Jose would be cool with, okay, this is going to be my job, but hey, at least I'm going to make a living? Yeah, probably, but that's me speaking for him. And right now, he's not on TV, so. Right, right. I mean, they got three hours to fill on Monday nights. Uh, two hours on SmackDown is easier to fill, but they got three hours to fill on Monday nights. There's no reason why they couldn't do one or two enhancement matches a week on Raw to establish, especially new up-and-coming talent, maybe one enhancement a week on SmackDown. And that's what, that's what they used to do. They used to feed the new star, the enhancement guys, then they'd build them up, then they'd put them in a program with another established guy. And it made the match feel that much more important because all of a sudden now they're having to, to take offense from somebody as opposed to just beating somebody up. I think they need to do it. Uh, and they're in an era now where television ratings don't mean as much as they used to. I mean, granted, Fox is going to be pissed if they're doing 2.5 million viewers a week on SmackDown. But it's not like they're having to worry about, oh, Nitro got this number last week. And, and you know what I'm saying? They don't have that same fear. They have guaranteed money. Get enhancement matches going weekly on the show. It'll be better for everybody in the long run, my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a good point. Awesome. Should we talk about Sasha Banks now? No, what we should do is talk about Tony Schiavone and the interview clip that was supposed to air last week before a train ran into our podcast and just destroyed everything and it exploded. Here's a clip from my interview. You had mentioned, especially in the early days of your podcast, that you were interested in doing work for for WWE Network, and obviously you have right. you have stuff with 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 Patreon, with the shows, with the podcasts, all this different stuff that, that you're doing. What if they called like next week? Is that something you'd still be interested in, or have have your priorities and desires shifted where you're like, you know what, I kind of like what I'm doing now instead of producing? Well, I, I would I would listen to them. Uh, I would want to talk to him because of the respect I have for Triple H and the respect I have for Kevin Dunn and the people who work in, in production there. I'd, I'd love to entertain something, but I, I would they, if they told me, listen, you got to drop your podcast and you got to drop your association with Conrad Thompson, then I would have to say no because Conrad was Conrad's has been good to me and uh, we've built a good friendship and I'm not going to basically walk on him because he makes money on this as well. I'm not going to walk on him just because I can further my career. Uh, but I would like, yeah, I would love to be able to do something for the network and not necessarily be seen on camera. I would love to do some producing for the network. I've, I've told him that before. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, and this was right before Conrad got in touch with me, I got in touch with the WWF, and I, uh, and I, who did I talk to? I think I talked to Mark Carano, and I said, listen, um, I'd like to, I'd like to come back into wrestling, but I want to come back into wrestling as a producer. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to uh, announce wrestling anymore. I'd love to produce television shows. And he said, okay, I will, uh, I will make sure that Kevin Dunn knows about this. So maybe a month later or three weeks later, Kevin called me and Kevin said, Hey, uh, yeah, well, I, I know you talked to Mark. I know you'd like to come back but we have plenty of announcers right now. And I went, damn it, Kevin, that's not what I want. I want to produce. I don't want to announce. I know, you know, you got young, you got good announcers. Uh, I've always kind of liked Michael Cole. I like Tom Phillips. I like the guys you have. I don't want to be an announcer. I want to produce. And he said, well, we'll be back in touch with you then. And I never heard anything back out of that. So I'd love to produce for him, but not at the expense of dropping all that I'm doing now because I'm having too much fun. And 
I like to feel that I'm pretty loyal to people, uh, and I'm pretty loyal to Conrad. Check out that full interview. Uh, reminder, guys, we do have a shoot interview section under our podcast link. Just go to Fightful.com, click podcasts, and we have just a ton of them. We're going to be updating those uh, with some of our older interviews as well. All right, let's talk about the most polarizing star of 2019 so far for reasons I don't understand. Sasha Banks. So heard some conflicting stuff. I know that one of these uh, reports came from a good friend of yours. So uh, Dave Meltzer reported that she was at a stalemate with WWE, uh, sitting at home. They're hoping that she, uh, you know, was going to come back to work. Brad Shepard, uh, someone that you've gone back and forth with a little bit in the past, he reported today, April uh, 24th, that her return is imminent and that she's going to be on the SmackDown brand. Uh, There's even a report that she's going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match, the women's match. What do you think, Sean? What have you heard? None of that. Just that there hasn't been a lot of conversation going back and forth. She was given time off. Uh, don't know when she's coming back. Not, okay. not a lot. She keeps a tight circle. That's that's about that. People like to create, and I'm not just saying the, the people who reported this information. A lot of people online are like cooking up stuff, insinuating they have any idea what's going on. There are not many people that have any idea what's going on. When I told you that information, Jimmy, and I even told you I don't want to be the one to report this, I was getting information from fans, like just Twitter fans, and they said, check into this. And normally I'd say, uh, okay, not not that important. Sasha has more of a connection with those type of people than she does people, a lot of people in wrestling. And when I checked on it, it was right. So there were legitimately just fans on Twitter who knew what was going on with Sasha Banks before there were people on Raw or SmackDown that had any idea of what was going on with Sasha Banks. Right. That's how different and unique a situation this is. So when I hear a lot of people saying, oh, she's acting this way, she's doing this, she's doing that, there, well, one, if, if there was any truth to that, it would be out. But I'm like, man, people cook up this stuff. Oh, yeah. And oh, always. Like, they know what motivated her or what did this. I don't know, and I really doubt that a lot of these people on Twitter know what actually was the motivating factor. They'll say, oh, she didn't want to lose the Iconics. Oh, she wanted she didn't want to be on SmackDown. She didn't want to do this. Until she says it, man, it's, it's really hard for me to go out there and listen because uh, Mikazi ain't out there telling people what's going on. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can say, and this is, this is not necessarily going to be a popular... Uh popular opinion if i'm wwe business is business let her sit that's my opinion she's under contract and uh, if, if she's not cool with the direction of things they have the right to not release her if they don't want to they can pay her her downside if they don't want to release her because they think she's going to go to the competition and she doesn't want to come to work let her sit and if i was vincent man i would let her sit and if she signed a five-year deal last year cool you can set her home for four years raw needs her bad Oh, and I'm, and I'm not saying they don't. I'm not saying they don't. But I have a big problem. And this is not a Sasha Banks issue. This is an issue in general. I have a big problem with appeasing talent whenever they complain and giving them an immediate push. I have a big problem with that. You're setting a, setting a really bad precedent. I had an issue with it when they did it with the Revival. And I would have an issue with it if they do it with Sasha Banks. Uh, and when you, when you look at the Revival as an example, it was obvious that WWE did not think highly of them. And it was obvious that they pushed them and gave them the tag team titles because they were trying to appease the online fan base. But what happened, the booking of them showed WWE's thoughts of them. Because yeah. they, they gave them the belts, but they made them lose every week. 
Voices of Wrestling had a really great tweet this week that I liked. It used to be back in the day you would get a push, and if you got over, you got a title. Now you get a title, you maybe get a push, and it, and if you get over, that's great. That, that is a fantastic point. It's very true. They they give you titles because you deserve it now, right? They give you, and with all due respect to Kofi Kingston, and Kofi was a great story, and the fans got behind him, and it was all great. Whenever I would hear the stuff about, well, he deserves it because he's been with the company for eleven years. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. You should he be getting because it, it got over. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You you should get it because you're drawing money. That's why you get it. You get it because you're selling tickets. You get it because your ratings are good. You sell. It, you get it because your merchandise is good. You don't get it because of tenure. That's bullshit. Yeah. And I so agree. and so whenever you hear this stuff about oh he deserves it he's worked hard ah bullshit if the numbers aren't there you don't deserve the title. If that were the case, then Rikishi would have been WWE champion in like '04. Like there that wasn't go. the case. That wasn't the case. I agree. He wasn't over. He didn't. He didn't make it work. And that's not how it's supposed to work. I should set out my contract until I'm promoted to Chief Hog of Fightful.com. I'm tired of this managing editor trash that's down there. Well, let's let's. I'm sorry. Chief Hog. Did you just say you're tired of the trash that's down there? Well, you, you know, sometimes you do. right in the penis. <laughs> you can just cut off the segue. I can't even promote it. <laughs> Did you want? Do you want to do it? Because I'll help you out. No. Maybe the real dead man is in his pants. As you used to say, and I used to get people that would complain when they would be like, "Why does Jimmy explain everything to the audio listeners?" And then you don't ever explain this to the audio listeners. I said I had a soundboard. Last week. Yeah, I got a soundboard. Do you know how many people were confused? I had to Frankenstein last week's episode together. That was insane, the editing job I had to pull on that. I really hope the audio is working now because I'm paranoid now. Okay, that's that's good to know. Uh, let's, move, let's move on. What did you think of the Firefly Funhouse? I am intrigued. And that's all yeah. I can ask for at this point is I'm intrigued. However, they don't need to run the same shit Monday and Tuesday. I agree with that. I agree like with 5% that. Five percent of the SmackDown audience had not seen that before. I'm guessing based on Bray Wyatt's tweet that a lot of people are shitting on it because he was saying he was kind of disappointed and that people didn't get it. And it was very obvious watching it. I mean, the guy used a chainsaw. You know what I mean? It's very obvious watching it that he's trying to be a manipulative kind of undercover, you know, dark heel. And it's obvious that's the direction he's going to go in. The only thing that I got to say, I'm very open-minded about it. Uh, the only thing I have to say is I question how it's going to translate to an arena setting. That's yeah. the only thing. And, and when you look at some other things that have happened in the past, and one that comes to mind for me is Beaver Cleavage as an example. Yeah, that was never going to work. But when you took this character, you had him in black and white pre-tapes, uh, and then all of a sudden you're putting him in a live arena, it was dead in the water the first night that they did it. And so I questioned with Bray Wyatt, what are you going to do? Is he going to come down to the ring with a buzzard puppet on his hand? You know what I mean? I, I question how it's going to translate to the to the arena, but uh, I'm going to wait it out and see what happens, you know? I'm, I'm at least intrigued, and I'm interested to uh, see what how that unfolds. Uh, we, we have a couple of super chats, by the way. Ace Nation Podcasts, our good friends, say... Fightful is the best. And then we have J5 Mad says, you think Braun will be shooed into the Money in the Bank match? I'm wondering why the hell in storyline he wasn't in the tournament on Monday. The only thing I can think of is they didn't want him to be in a situation where he was going to lose because he wasn't the plan for Seth Rollins. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, 
that's why you have triple threat matches. He doesn't have to get pinned. Very true. And and what's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is where, you know, there's always people that are going to think negative about everything, right? And one thing that I that I read on, on, on social media was how are they claiming that they're protecting Drew McIntyre when he lost his triple threat match? Drew McIntyre didn't take the pinfall. Right. But there are still there's still a segment of the audience that still thinks he wasn't protected because he lost, even though he didn't take the pinfall. So if you look at it like that, maybe it's better that Bear, that uh, Braun Strowman wasn't in the match. Uh, the plan is for him and Samoa Joe to, to wrestle for the U.S. title at Money in the Bank. So maybe they just wanted to wait, get the tournament out of the way. Now Rollins has his challenger and now on Raw next week, they can get Braun in there with uh, Samoa Joe. You promoted a lot of wrestling back in your day. Do you ever have any of the egomaniacs that are like, I'm not getting eliminated from that battle royal? Uh, oh, I, the stories I could tell you. So, uh, so I, there was one time. Now, you got to remember, small, local, independent show, no television. I was lucky if I would get two, 300 people at a show, right? No local television. I once got a call from a guy who is now, he's a good friend of mine in the business, and he's probably watching this podcast, so you know I'm talking about you. Uh, he called me up one day. He was booked for a show, and I can't remember who he was booked to wrestle on the show, but he called me and he said, uh, I can't put him over. It's not good for my career. Oh, my God. And I said to him, you know, with all due respect, this is an independent show with no television. Might be 100, 200 people there. This doesn't mean shit whether you win or lose. Uh, and so I took him off the show. I actually pulled his booking. Good. Yeah, I, because because I just looked at it like you can't have that mentality. This is not a national television situation. Oh, yeah. Right. I, so we used to have people in front of 200 the Aberdeen River Park, and I'm talking like the lowest level of independent you can go. Right. And they'd be like, "Oh no, I can't, I can't do that, I can't do that." And I'm like, "Man, you can have an 11 year old run in there and eliminate me, and I don't care. It's a battle yeah. royal. You're not getting your shoulders pinned. You're not tapping out. You're falling over a top rope to the floor. Get right. over it." And so right. I mean, there are ways to protect these people where they don't look bad. They. Uh, man, and also, in, in my situation, the internet was still a relative, relatively new thing. YouTube wasn't really anything big yet. And so you didn't have to worry about anybody recording your match, putting it on the internet, right? How, so, how about this? 
MJF is one of the most booked wrestlers on the independent circuit right now. Yep. Can anybody remember a time that he's lost? I don't think about like, oh, did he lose last week in Madison, Wisconsin? Right. No. At his booking? Did he lose? Oh. oh, come on. And we just lost Sean Ross app. Is this Kentucky Internet, or is this a Wirecast, or is this our Internet? Um, that's a good question. All right, well, you know what? You can work on bringing them back, and I will, uh, I will talk about a couple things in the meantime. I want to talk about Becky Lynch. Uh, and we've been, I've been saying this for a while. I feel like her momentum has slowed. I feel like she hasn't been handled properly since the Royal Rumble. On Raw this week, they had her work a match with Alicia Fox, who hasn't been on television for a while. She had the little issues backstage and stuff like that. When that match was booked, I thought for sure this is going to be a quick squash. I thought for sure they're putting Becky Lynch in the match because they want to give her a nice, quick squash win and make her look strong. And then what did they do? They made it a competitive match. Uh, and I look at that situation and I think, how does that be- uh, benefit Becky Lynch? I thought it was just horribly done. At uh, Money in the Bank, she's going to be working two matches because she's Becky two belts. So she's going to be working two matches, defending the Raw title against Lacey Evans, defending the SmackDown title against Charlotte on the same night. And I'm a big fan of that. Uh, it's something different. It's something new. It fits with the Becky Lynch character, kind of Stone Cold-esque character. And I really hope that they have her uh, win both matches. I know that the feeling is she'll probably lose the SmackDown title, and then she'll become a full-time Raw performer. Uh, I really hope she wins them both, and I really hope that they continue having her on both shows for a bit because uh, her momentum has slowed. She's still probably the hottest female on the roster, but her momentum has definitely slowed. And so uh, they got to start handling her correctly. How are you doing with Mr. Sean Ross Ab? You still down? Uh, I sent him a new link. So Sean probably right. already wants to say Until next time, we are out. <laughs> but we're not doing that yet. We're not doing that yet. Maybe we'll go to stupid people now. Sure. Uh, Let's do stupid people now. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid duh. All right. Hopefully we'll get the big guy back. Otherwise, oh, I hear something. I hear something. Hello? You good? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just in time. You can't afford to pay me, Jimmy. I don't know. And your T-shirts are too tight, too, Jimmy. (laughs) T-shirts are too tight? It's a Lex Luger joke, Jimmy. It's stupid. So this first one, Super Bowl Saturday, and it's stupid people. So we're good. We're good. This first one, this was sent. This was sent in by Showcase of the Kim Mortals, and reported by the Tampa Bay Times on April twenty third. You might have saw this one because it went viral. You know, Sean, we've talked about this before. It is amazing how ignorance and stupidity, or how ignorant and stupid, I should say, people sometimes are when they put themselves in situations strictly because they want the fame and the glory. You know what I'm talking about? It's amazing the things that people will do because they want the fame and the glory and the attention. This is a perfect example. Last weekend, Sean, a, 22, a 20-year-old man named Antoine McDonald got national attention after a video went viral of him getting into a fight while wearing an Easter Bunny costume. <laughs> we got a clip. Put it up. Put up the clip. 
There it is right there. There's Mr. Antoine McDonald. Apparently what happened, and this was in uh, Florida, apparently what happened was he was wearing that for fun on Easter weekend and he saw a guy abusing a woman on the sidewalk. And so he apparently went after the guy, as you can see, and started laying a beating on him. Uh, now, this kid, this 20-year-old... Why did we show more of that? That was fantastic. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This kid immediately soaked up the attention, Sean. He spoke to a bunch of media outlets. He spoke to TMZ. He even put up a new Instagram profile called Bad Bunny of 19. So he completely, just like most, you know, a lot of kids his age have, have, have really gone after that attention. There's a problem. What's his problem? Is it fake? He's a fugitive. Oh, no. Mr. Ant Mr. Antoine McDonald is wanted in New Jersey in connection with a vehicle burglary. He's also a person of interest in a carjacking and two armed robberies in Pasco County, Florida. And now, because Buddy had to do all the media outlets and because he had to put up an Instagram profile, they know where he is. Uh, and so, good for you for not having a brain whatsoever and having to try to get your fame and your attention. Good for well, you, buddy. you know what? I'm probably going to do some uh, alternate commentary on that for Fightful Select because I was actually impressed with his technical ability within that rabbit suit. That is not easy to do. What I, I talked kickboxing for about a minute, and what he did, I'm impressed. I've got the whole raw clip. So, uh, so ask Nigel, we can put the whole rock clip up and you can do your thing. Yeah. This next one, this is reported by the BBC on April 17th. I think Melissa might appreciate this because of the tech aspect involved. So there's a grocery store chain in the UK called ASDA, A-S-D-A, all right? Uh, there's a particular location in Wales where they're known to have signage in the store that is in both English and Welsh, okay? Something happened recently. Apparently, apparently, whoever is involved with that signage uses Google Translate. Now, anybody who has never used Google Translate, all right, unless you do things like a couple of words at a time, it's going to completely screw up your translation. That's what happens. If you take too many words and put it in, it's going to screw it up. So here's what happened. There was a sign in the beverage aisle of the store in Wales, and we have it. Put it up, Nigel. There it is right there. Uh, it was in the beverage aisle, and you can see underneath it says alcohol-free, Sean. Unfortunately, the Welsh translation actually says free alcohol. Oh, no. There were people on social media saying... I love it. You're right. Yeah. There were people on social media saying, get your ass to the store before they change it and demand a case of beer because they're promoting free alcohol. That's what they said. Fortunately, Asda didn't go out of business. Beer drinkers did not rampage through the store looking for free booze. Uh, and I think they've already changed the signage. So. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, we ran into that issue. I don't want to say we ran into that issue. There were some sites that did Google Translate on, I think, some AAA interviews. And Carlos like contacted us like whatever you do don't pick that up let me translate that because it's miserable. And we've learned that the hard way too. You have to do it like a few words or a sentence at a time. And even then it's not great. Even then it's not great. All right, this last one. This is for the SRS file. Oh, Sean's gonna love this one. He's gonna love this one. This was reported by SWNS.com on April 17. Sean is gonna love it. I think, yeah. There's a 41-year-old man, Sean, out of London. 
His name is his name is Sam Cohen. He says he's found a way to keep himself in tip-top shape, and this practice has improved everything from his appetite to his digestion to his libido. Stevia, the motherfucking cure, Dan Quinn style. Is that your answer? That's what you think it is? Two people will know what that means. Uh, No, yeah, that's my answer. Okay, uh, no, he snorts his own urine. Put up that video, Nigel. There he is. Mr. Mr. Cohen. Just this year, built up the courage to use flow names. Try it with that. Try it with that. That's what you need to do. He's snorting his own urine. He also claims, and maybe this can be a blue chew segue, he claims it's improved his sex life too. And I have a quote from him. He said, quote, The urine is just like an overall boost. It will make you feel younger and make you have more hardness. It... He said it does actually make you last longer. And here's the kicker, Sean. So apparently this guy is also kind of a cult leader because he's convinced his friends to get in on the act, and they're all doing it too. Well, Do you want to see the video again? There, there's a joke to be told. Go ahead. Put it up again, Nigel. It's only seven seconds long. There he is. Look how he's doing that. And then Swallin, see that? Look at that. There you go, bud. There's a joke to be made about. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel is about to hurl all over his desk. There's something to be said about drinking the Kool-Aid, but I don't know what, like exactly how to approach that, that, that now. Yep. Okay, we're gonna move on. So, uh, wait, wait, wait. my question is, how's his complexion? Uh, well, the only way to know is to put, watch the video again. Put the video up, <laughs> Nigel. Uh, I mean, he's got a beard. It's kind of hard to tell, you know. Not too bad. Not too bad. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. So, Dustin Rhodes, let me ask you, Sean. So, back on March 28th, Pro Wrestling Sheet reported that Dustin Rhodes' WWE contract had expired and he was waiting out his 90-day non-compete. Dustin Rhodes responded that same day, and he posted this on Twitter. Put that up, Nigel. Of course, he had to take a shot at internet wrestling fans. He said, I'm still under contract with WWE. Everything that is being said online is just talk and complete bullshit. This is exactly why I hate smart marks. Of course, here we are now just a few weeks later, and Dustin Rhodes has been announced as Cody's opponent at Double or Nothing on uh, May, what is that, 25th, uh, which, of course, got people thinking, oh, Dustin Rhodes shit all over Pro Wrestling Sheet for no reason because Pro Wrestling Sheet was right. However, Dustin posted a lengthy message on Twitter, and he says that he actually asked for his release. He said that his contract didn't expire. He asked for his release and was granted his release. Have you heard, did his contract run out or did he ask for his release? And it really doesn't matter in the end because in the end he's, he's left WWE and he's going to do double or nothing. Everybody that I spoke to when the situation happened said that if the contract expires, then he doesn't have a 90-day. So he had to ask out of his deal uh, in order for that to happen, or it had to have expired. But there is, like, I everybody I spoke to said, no 90-day if it expires. So that, okay, that's, but the, that's the only info I could get there. Couldn't get, oh, did he ask out or did it expire when, yeah. during the time he was out? Just that 90 days don't apply uh, when it expires. Right, I'd, I'd be I'd be curious to know if he. Um, when's the last time he worked a match in WWE? Because maybe he did last have the. Summer. So maybe he did have the ninety day, and by the time it was reported, the ninety day was almost up. I mean that's possible too. I mean yeah. they can freeze your contract based on injury time as well. Right, right. Uh, his last match was 
last June 16th, he worked six-man tag on a house show. Okay. Uh, now, speaking of AEW, where did this time by bullshit come from? There was a TV insider named Tony Maglio who actually, one of my sources said, hey, you should probably follow him. He's going to have some good info in the coming weeks. So I followed him, and he did an interview with 411 Mania, which I think a lot of. I, I like the guys at 411 Mania. They do a lot of good stuff. But he said that he had heard from his sources that it was a time buy. And he said that he heard, or that when he heard that, he was like, I don't think that's likely, but that's what his sources were telling him. And hey, I've run into that myself. I'll ask people something and they go, oh, you're smart enough to know. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not the job. Right. It's not my job to assume. It's right. my job to ask and get answers. I asked multiple people within AEW and they categorically denied, like immediately, well, I don't want to say immediately. Immediately upon um, hearing this, denied it. Uh, one pretty colorfully, another one said, I didn't even hear of that as a discussion, an option, or a possibility until I logged on tonight. So Sean Rossap sent me a text message, whatever day that broke, and he said, hey, some guy uh, in the TV business is saying that it's a time buy. Now, I have not talked to Cody Rhodes. I haven't talked to the Young Bucks. I haven't talked to Kenny Omega, and I haven't talked to Tony Khan. And what did I tell you, Sean, when you said uh, this guy says it's going to be a time buy? You didn't believe it. and I, was, I said no chance. Yeah, I was quick no to chance. say. I was quick to say you've been kind of a cynic about AEW. If there was any credence to be lent to that, I kind of figured you'd jump all over it. No, piss no. Piss on their grave and throw a pizza party. <laughs> I don't maybe, know why. Maybe, not piss, maybe piss on the grave, gather it up, snort a little bit of it. I don't know why, if I'm critical of some somebody or something, people think I hate it. I don't hate AEW. I want them to do well. I think well, they've made a lot of b- bad decisions. Easy, easy way to prove that you're not biased. Go to Vegas next month. I mean, that wouldn't be benefiting them in any way. It'd be benefiting you. Yeah, also, get Melissa to buy me a Nintendo Switch. Hurry on that again. Hurry on that again. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. And I, and I told Sean this before. A company with that kind of funding behind them that is giving talent guaranteed seven-figure contracts, which is what they've done. They gave Omega, Jericho, Cody, and the Bucks seven-figure contracts. There is zero chance that they're going to follow that up by doing a time buy on cable television. There is zero chance. Do I think that they're going to get five years, $1 billion? No. But there's no chance that they're going to do a time buy. I told Sean when we talked about this off the air, they will do a barter deal before they do a time buy. Somebody will give them money. Uh, and I guess the question is, are they going to get enough to cover you know, the expenses that they've already accrued? I guess we'll see. But they're not going to do a time buy. There's no chance. No chance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Benoit Parisi says, love the podcast. Cheers. Thank you for the Super Chat. Uh, by the way, guys, anytime you donate on Super Chat, we will answer your questions. But right now, uh, we do have the Q&A field up at FightfulSelect.com. Uh, where you can ask unlimited questions. I get probably 50 to 100 messages every day via email, Twitter, text, all that stuff. If you want your question answered, Fightful Select, subscribe. I will answer any and all questions there. So if you're hitting up my my inbox saying, oh, what do you think of this? Or uh, what's up with this? If I know, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That's how you get them all answered. Eventually, that show will go weekly. I don't know at what point I'm going to do that, but that will become a weekly show. And every quarter, if 
Jimmy Van's doing one too. Yes, yeah, so I will. And I actually did a super chat for my own YouTube channel yesterday. Why? <laughs> you, you literally just donated like two bucks to Google. It was funny. I did it because so I don't I don't get to check out your live reviews very often, uh, not from start Pickle. to finish. Not from start to finish. I was able to catch it last night uh, for the SmackDown review, and people were putting over the new backdrop in the live chat. A lot of people were putting it over. And so I was like, okay, cool, for fun. Because Sean's rule is he has to read the Super Chats, I'm going to do a Super Chat. And then what did I have to do? I had to text Sean to say, hey, listen, you fuck, you haven't read my Super Chat. (laughs) The language, Jimmy. (laughs) Pro Wrestling Unlimited says, remember, Google takes 30%. It's whatever. It's fine. I had to do it because it was funny. Hey, you know what? You know what the highlight of my week has been, Jimmy? What's that? Is it the guy snorting his urine? Because we could play the video again. No. 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 Oh, oh, oh. In fact, it will be the absence of significantly more urine from my life. I know where we're going. Robot litter box is sending me a litter box. What? Good for you. I, We're going to have to get a graphic made for that. So let's make a graphic for that. A graphic? I, I'm doing a goddamn vlog, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. You can do whatever. I am a big proponent for this. And if the people from Little Robot 3 see this, I am not being paid for this. I'm doing this because I'm a big fan. I have not scooped cat litter in like a year and a half. Like a year and a half. <laughs> I haven't scooped cat litter. It takes me about three minutes to clean the litter box now. Well, that, I'm stoked for that. I am very stoked for that. I was like, you know what? Maybe I can parlay some of these Twitter followers, some of this, this podcast banter. And I hit them up via their affiliate, and I was like, hey, I would like to do something with you guys. Good for and you. And they said, you know what? Let's make it work. So they, we, we will be talking a little bit about that experience. We're going to – it's not just sifting through the shit of pro wrestling. We're sifting through the cat shit. Also, I mean, urine is completely in canon on this show anyway. There you go. There you go. Uh, All right, CM Punk. Uh, I want to put up this this image. Put up this image, Nigel. The one I gave you earlier. Okay. Um, Let me ask you this question, Sean. That is very clearly CM Punk. Look at the eye. That's very clearly CM Punk. Why are there naysayers that refuse to believe that that is CM Punk? Why do people care so much that there are naysayers that refuse to believe that that is CM Punk? Explain to me why. Jimmy, have you ever heard of virgins? (laughs) I'm familiar with the term. I'm familiar with the term. Okay, well, there you go. I don't know. There are people who will naysay anything. Why do they care? Why do they even care? You, Nigel, Melissa, there were so many people that were almost violently negative. That is not CM Punk. That's not CM Punk. Capital letters. Exclamation points. (laughs) The guy did a run-in on an independent show, and he did a go-to-sleep, his old finisher, on somebody that was wrestling that was wrestling Ace Steel. So anybody that doesn't know, Ace Steel is an old buddy of CM Punk. They come out of Chicago, they train together. I think Ace Steel had a hand in training them. And they're all buddies. Silas Young promoted it. They're all buddies. CM Punk just ran out there because it was Silas Young's last show. Did the go to sleep on a guy. It was very obviously, very clearly CM Punk. And for some reason, people are just so negative and adamant. It's not him. And I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I hope he's back. I, I spoke to speak about it at length at, on the Fight for Report podcast, but he has done this before. One time that I can confirm in December 2015, uh, where he didn't get physical, and maybe 
other times as well. I'm trying to follow up on that, but I actually posted pictures of him doing it another time where he literally just came out in a hood and threw salt around the ring. Right. He was a manager, I think, for that one, right? All right, this next one. Now, I don't want this to become a political podcast. I don't want it to become a political podcast. Oh, I know where we're going. Yeah, We're going to Saudi Arabia. I'm going to mention it. I'm going to mention it. So yesterday, April 23rd, Saudi Arabia, they beheaded 37 Saudi citizens in a mass execution. They even took one body, Sean, and one uh, severed head from, from the body, and they put them on posts as a warning. All right. Now, the Saudi Arabian, Arabian government claimed that uh, these people had committed terrorism-related crimes. But in reality, as it turns out, most of them were Shiites, which is uh, uh, the minority in uh, Saudi Arabia. It's a religious group. And so obviously people are thinking this had nothing to do with any terrorism. This had to do with their religious beliefs. I'm not going to go into the political aspect of it. All I'm going to say is this came six months after the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post columnist. Once again, another reason why WWE, I get it, they're a public company. I get it, Sean. They have shareholders to answer to. I get it. The two shows they did last year did more revenue, more profit for the company than WrestleMania does. I get it. It's a bad look to me that you're doing business with this group. Uh, not only, you know, the murder of Khashoggi, but now this situation. And these kinds of things seem to come up every six months or every year. I think it's a bad look. Uh, and even, you know what I think back to? The Undertaker's promo on Raw, all right? Arguably the most respected wrestler in the company. Arguably the guy that the fans love and admire more than anybody else, and they booed the shit out of him on live television because he made reference to Crown Jewel, the Saudi show going on at the time. I think it is a bad look. I understand the revenue component. I understand their public. I understand all of that. Their stock is doing great. I get all of that. The TV contract in itself that kicks in in October, they're going to be more profitable than they have ever been. They don't need the Saudi show, Sean. I would be shocked if John Oliver didn't do another feature this fall around the time WWE starts on uh, Fox. Right. And if they go back later this year, why wouldn't he? Two of his hottest topics go after that. You've already got – I mean I had people telling me it was funny because I didn't hear anything about it leading up to the Saudi Arabia event last year. Right. But I had people upon Roman Reigns' return say, yeah, he didn't want to go. He he wasn't doing that. So that would be another big name that isn't there. I know that there were some that wanted to kind of push for a a female match. I don't know if it got accepted or what the deal is, but they think that's the only way they can spin it is if they make history. And, and yeah, like, and I mean, I guess it's it's when these things keep happening. And by the way, this same thing happened, I believe, three years ago. I think it was January of 2016 when they publicly executed 47 people in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So this is nothing new. I don't know, man. It's a bad look. And again, I understand public company, great, great revenue. I get it. But uh, I think it's a bad look. Uh, I got more stuff from my list this week. We don't have time. I do want to talk about one more thing quickly. So uh, Ethan Page, he's a, he's an independent wrestler. He went off on Twitter about a, a promotion out of Chicago called AAW claiming that they tried to dictate what promotions he can and can't work for. He said that they tried to tell him that he couldn't work for other companies in the same city unless they signed a contract. Uh, the co-owner of AEW, Danny Daniels, responded. He basically said it doesn't make sense to book a guy, pay their trance, pay their hotel, if they're going to work for other promotions in the same building or the same area the following week or, the, or even the next day. My response is you're both right. 
That's yeah. my answer. Uh, Ethan Page, they can't dictate where you work if there's not a contract. Danny Daniels, why would you invest in a guy if he's going to work for another company in the same area in a short period of time? You're both right. And so, uh, I don't know. Remember those other companies in Split Trans? They do that there you go. Figure, Yeah, figure something out. But you're both right. There's nobody wrong in that situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm sympathetic for the people who might lose out on some bookings as a result. But... Chicago's a hot area, uh, but yeah, I mean, just figure something out, split the trans. I, yep. I reached out to Black Label Pro, and all they said was, that sucks. So, yeah, yeah, it is what it is, so. People are, Andy Quigley is always guilting me for virgin shaming. It's a joke, man. It's a joke. <laughs> Don't take it so seriously. There's literally. Sorry, Andy, he's just projecting. Yeah, exactly. All you, all you got to do whenever somebody gives you crap by so, like for something like that. If you want some, come. Well, I, I can't, Jimmy. I don't have a soundboard. I'll tell you what. You give me a cue. You and I are going to work out some cues where, like, okay. maybe maybe you wink at me or you shake your head or you do a point. So let's say that you ever look at me and you, like, do a point like that. The then I do that. Is we're going to develop baseball signals. Baseball signals. There we go. That's what we're going to do. We'll figure there something we out. Guys, leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to us. We are on podcast platforms everywhere. Maybe you don't want to subscribe to Select. Don't know why you wouldn't. It's awesome. Did the Fightful Report podcast today. Talk injuries, contracts, stats, news, all that good stuff. Uh, but if you don't want to do that, leave us a nice iTunes review. That stuff really helps. The, the majority of our audience is on YouTube. So a lot of people don't get to find us via iTunes, Stitcher, or anything like that. So if you go over there, you leave a review, even if you don't listen via that method, that really helps people find us. Now, uh, I got I got to interject. I got to interject. I need you to put the wide shot on, Nigel. I got to interject. So speaking of Fightful Select, we're almost halfway to our next subscriber target. And when we get there, Sean Ross Sapp is going to get a shot at, at Melissa's Fightful Championship. So we're almost there, so keep that in mind. And I should also note, because people might ask, hey, what about the 200 subscriber goal? You hit that, you haven't done Ask Man yet. We're gonna do it. We had all this stuff happening because of the new setup and everything up here. Now that everything is kind of in order, uh, we're gonna do the vocals. I'd say within the next week or two, we will have that completed and uh, and live for you. I am very much considering at 300 subscribers, making the Q&A a weekly show. I think that would be a a nice uh, target as well realistic we're about like 65 66 away from that or something but uh guys we have the nxt 205 live uk review every week warren hayes does that also the weekender podcast on select but hey if you just want to visit fightfulwrestling.com this weekend it's loaded crockett cup impact wrestling i'm covering both of those bellator ufc covering both of those not only that jeremy lambert will be at the crockett cup he's got an exclusive on nick aldis coming up this week we had the Division podcast last weekend. We've got more content than anybody. Hot dog. Until next time, we are out. <laughs> Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.